Thank you, Jesus. God is good to us. And he's good to you. And he will only do good to us all the days of our lives. If we'll just follow him. I love what the psalmist said. He said that surely goodness and mercy is following us all the days of our lives. And we are going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Great is his goodness that he has laid up for those, that's you and that's me, those that fear him, not afraid of him, but those who will reverence him and those who will honor him and those that will present their lives as a living sacrifice to him daily. His goodness shall be great and it shall be seen in our lives. Amen. Amen. And so when you, when you think about and you talk about inviting people to church and, and being salt of the earth and the light of the world, uh, keep it in mind how good God's been good to you and where you came from. You came a mighty long way. I mean, out of sin, in the depths, on the way to hell, to being raised up together and made to sit together with Christ Jesus in heavenly places, to be an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus, he's brought you a long, long, long way. And so then when, we, when we're out there in the marketplace, when we're out there in the world and our eyes can see people who need Christ, just remember his great goodness and his mercy toward you. And then let the love of God just flow through you to people. Not being judgmental, not being condescending, but being ambassadors, being diplomatic ministers of the highest order, letting them know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Know this. That when you minister life and you minister the love of God, it is, in fact, the goodness of God that will lead men and women to repentance. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that there are no more limits in you. And through you, we can do all things in Christ, which strengthens us. We pray, Lord, as we get into the Word today, that the Word of God would lodge deep within our spirits. And that we would not just hear your Word, but we would be doers thereof. We pray, Lord God, that the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light. Our spirits would be strengthened. I thank you, Lord, for using me to speak the Word of God boldly as I ought to speak. I ask for utterance today. And I thank you for, for it ahead of time. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. amen. Turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Psalms. And let's look at the ninth Psalm. And we'll look at verses 9 through 10. Psalms 9, verse 9 and 10. says the Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. 
And they that know thy name, well, we sang about his name today. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for Lord has for the Lord has not forsaken them that seek thee. Now notice this with me. The Lord will be a refuge. He will be a high tower. He will be a place of safety in the midst of troubles. The scripture says in times of trouble. Well, you don't have to look very far. Look at the newspaper. Look at the news. You can readily see that the world is in tough shape. It's in tough shape. But you and I, if we'll put our trust in him and we will come to him as our place of refuge, as our strong tower, you and I do not have to be subject to the times in which we live. We are not subject to the times and to the circumstances and to all of the things that are going on in this world, those things, those times are subject to the name of Jesus. Those times are subject to the blood of the Lamb and faith in the blood. The times in which we live are subject to the Word of God if we'll get in it and stay in it and live it and do it and operate in the kingdom of God. We do not have to be, uh, if you will, defeated by what's going on in this world. Amen. You know why? Because we are not of this world. The Bible says that we are of God. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The greater one lives on the inside of you, and he lives on the inside of me. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Say this with me. I am not subject subject to the times in which I live. And that is because you and I, we are governed by the kingdom of God and another system. It is the kingdom. Hallelujah. In the kingdom of God, you and I have victory over sickness and disease. In the kingdom of God, we have victory over depression. In the kingdom of God, we have victory over oppression. Thank God that you and I are in the kingdom and the kingdom is in us. Look at with me to Colossians chapter 1. And notice with me in verse 12. Say with me, no more limits because I am a child of the king. In Colossians chapter 1 and in verse 12, he says, giving thanks unto the father. Or we could say it like this, giving thanks unto the king. Which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now that word meet there is a little blind to us. 
When he says that he has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, that word meet in the Greek means he has enabled you. He has qualified us. He has made us able and he has equipped us with everything that we need to partake of this glorious inheritance that is not something that you have to wait until you get to heaven to partake of, but this inheritance is something that you and I can partake of right now. Amen. Amen. You know, if you got an inheritance from a family member, you don't want to wait till you die to get that inheritance. No. You want to be able to get that inheritance right now. Because after you're gone, you're not going to need that inheritance. You're going to need that inheritance right now. Amen. And so he has equipped you. He has enabled you. He has given us all the necessary tools to partake of this inheritance. Oh, that's good news. Thank you, Lord. And God is no respecter of persons. The inheritance that he has for you is the same inheritance that he has for me. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. This inheritance that we have been given... It is received by faith, not earned by works. Let's say that again. This inheritance that he has made available to us is received by faith, not by works. Say this with me. Received Received. by by faith, not by works. Now, faith is that equipment, that ability that God has given to every one of you at the new birth to enable you, to qualify you to be a partaker of this inheritance right now. Thank you, Lord. I say by the word of the Lord today, receive your inheritance. Now look at Galatians chapter 4 and notice with me in verse 6 and 7. Galatians the fourth chapter verse 6 and 7 it says and because you are sons well sons and daughters of God in Christ Jesus there's neither male nor female right? So in that sense we're all sons of God and because you are sons God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart and is crying what? Do you know what Abba Father means? It simply means daddy, daddy. Because you are his child. Hallelujah. He's your daddy, daddy. I had the privilege of being in the presence of my grandchildren the last couple of weeks. I may not be their daddy, daddy, but I sure enough am their papa, papa. (laughs) And it is so precious 
to be able to hold those little ones in your arms and just love on them. The other night I was in uh, Costa Mesa and uh, I visited John and Lindy. I was in a meeting in Anaheim Friday and Saturday. Uh, but uh, I got there and, and took them out to dinner and we all went for a walk and it was just wonderful. Little Lucy's only about six months old and, and then I read little Olivia a little bedtime story, got in bed with her and just loved on her and, and prayed with her and held them in my arms. Don't you know that your father, your heavenly father, your daddy, daddy loves you. And if we'll come to him, and we will just seek Him. He will wrap His loving, everlasting arms around us. And He will breathe into us courage and strength. And He will cause us to be empowered by His love. Hallelujah. Say it with me. My father, my daddy, he loves me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I mean, you could just camp right there on how much your Father loves you, and you could get happy. We could sing. We could shout. We could run on the revelation that my Father, my Daddy, loves me. And did you know something else? He loves you as much as He loves Jesus. Because he doesn't see you according to your flesh. Thank God. God. He sees us with eyes of living love. And he sees us through the sacrifice of his son. The blood that has been shed. He sees you and me in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. And so he says... God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Daddy, Daddy, wherefore thou art no more a servant. Well, does that mean, Pastor Mark, that I don't have to serve? No, it doesn't mean that. It means you're a son, now you get to serve. You don't have to do anything. Thou art no more a servant but a son. And if a son... Then an heir of God through Christ. An heir of God through Christ. Now, that word heir in the Greek means this. One who receives an inheritance by the right of birth. Have you been born again? You haven't been born again of corruptible seed, have you? But you've been born again by incorruptible seed, by the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. So the moment that you made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, you received an inheritance by the right of the new birth. Say this with me. I've been born again into the royal family as an heir... To my Father's kingdom. Now let's keep tracking this through. Look at Romans chapter 8. Notice verse 17. Romans the 8th chapter now. And the 17th verse.
And if children, well, we're children of God, right? Then heirs, heirs of God. But not only that, what does the next part of that verse say? And joint heirs with who? We are joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now let's take a look at this word joint heirs. A joint heir simply means this, one who is in union together with an inheritor. One who is in union together with an inheritor. Hallelujah. Now, look it over at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Ephesians 2, verse 6 and 7. It says here in the 6th verse, And he's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Amplified says that you have been given joint seating. Joint seating. We could say because of our joint seating and because we are in Christ and Christ is in us, we are in union with him who is the inheritor of all things. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Now notice verse 7. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? Notice verse 7. Let's read that together. Ready, read. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. The Amplified says it this way. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come. Now listen to this. The immeasurable, the limitless, the surpassing riches of his grace. Hallelujah. Say it with me. The immeasurable, immeasurable. the limitless, limitless. the surpassing riches riches. of of his grace. So we could say it this way. You're an heir of God, you're a joint heir with Jesus, and the inheritance that you have been given, it is immeasurable. It is limitless. Amen? We're doing a series called No More Limits. I say by the word of the Lord, if you will get a revelation of your inheritance and tap into this inheritance by faith, you will be well on your way in your life to experiencing no more limits. Look at your neighbor and say, no more limits for me and no more limits for you. Hallelujah. Now let's go back to our our scripture in Colossians chapter 1. And notice with me in verse 13. Verse 12 again says, giving thanks. I believe this, that thanksgiving ought to be on our lips continuously. The scripture says, giving the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips continually giving thanks unto his name. Hallelujah. 
If you will develop a lifestyle of thanksgiving, I'll guarantee you, based on the Word of God, that God will bring increase into your life, and you will get to a place where the windows of heaven are so open for your life that it'll be almost impossible for you to contain it. Giving thanks to His name. Lifting up the name of Jesus. And I'm not just talking about, you know, big breakthroughs that happen in your life. We ought to give thanks for what in the natural might seem like a little thing. Amen? I mean, a parking place might be in the natural realm a little thing. But man, if the parking lot's full, it's a big thing. Develop this in your life. When God does something good for you, someone may buy you a cup of coffee. That's God being good to you. Give Him thanks. Give Him praise. You might go to Lucky or you might go to Safeway. And the cashier goes to tally up your tally. And it says, oh, this was on sale, and that was on sale, and this was on sale. It should have been $98, but now it's only $65.22. You ought to walk out of the grocery store and say, thank you, Lord. You're so good to me. Thank you, Lord. The favor of God is upon me. Your favor surrounds me. Your favor goes before me. I'm telling you, I'm a favorite of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. That's God being good to you. So develop that. Develop saying thank you to people who serve you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. I so appreciate it. Thank you. And then it wouldn't hurt for you to double up on your tip. You want God to double up on your income? You might as well just double up on your tips. Giving thanks. Giving thanks. Oh, can I hear some thanksgiving in the house today? Woo, glory to God. Giving thanks. Unto the Father, which has enabled us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now notice verse 13. Notice verse 13. Who someday, when he gets ready to, will deliver us. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm just waiting on deliverance from these cigarettes. Pastor Mark, I'm just waiting on deliverance from these, you know, these cuss words that come out of my mouth. I'm just waiting on deliverance for drugs, alcohol. No, the Bible says you've already been delivered. You don't have to wait for someone to come along and deliver you. Jesus already delivered you. He already set you free. He already paid the price. Hallelujah. Verse 13 says, who hath. That means past tense. He's already delivered us from the power of darkness. Anything dark, you've been delivered from. Anything. Contrary to the word of God. You have been delivered. And obesity is one thing that we've all been delivered from. Amen? He has delivered us from the power of darkness, but that's not all he's done. Hallelujah. It's one thing to be delivered, but notice the rest of this verse, and hath, he hath delivered us, and he hath, what? 
He has translated us <laughs> into the kingdom of his dear son. Transferred from death to life. Transferred from strife to love. Transferred from poverty and lack to abundance. Transferred from depression and oppression to righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost in the kingdom of God. Transferred from a life of defeat into the kingdom of God where there is victory and triumph. Transferred from genetic deformation. Transferred from genetic heart failure. Transferred from cancer running through the family. Hallelujah. And transferred into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Of divine peace and divine health and divine joy. Whoo, glory to God. I've been delivered, oh, praise the Lord. I've been delivered by his name. Amen. So now, since that is true, and since we've been transferred, and the word transferred, by the way, means to transfer, to carry away, I like this, to remove from one place to another. Amen. I'll never forget the night I was born again. When I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I was literally removed from darkness into light. I was removed from drug addiction to being completely free from drugs and alcohol and all of its effects. Hallelujah. Just like that. Everyone snap your fingers and say, just like that. Just like that. Oh, man. So then, we then must adjust our words, our thoughts, our actions to the kingdom that we have been translated into. Or we will keep living in the dark. You've been delivered from the darkness, but unless there comes a change and a transformation and a renewing of your mind and an insight and concept and revelation of what's happened on the inside of you, you can be part of the kingdom and yet still be living in defeat over in darkness. And most carnal Christians are there today. Most carnal Christians are living way beneath their kingdom place and their kingdom rights. See, to be carnally minded, the scripture says, is death. Look at Romans chapter 8. We have time, don't we? Romans chapter 8, look at this now. Most people, to be honest with you, most people 
are either completely dead spiritually, which means they're not born again, right? And then, on the other hand, most Christians are asleep. Their spirits are alive. They're on their way to heaven. But most Christians are asleep. Don't let your life pass you by being asleep at the wheel. You know, they say don't fall asleep at the wheel. You fall asleep at the wheel, you're heading for some accidents and tragedy. Now, that's not us. I thought I'd get a better amen than that. (laughs) Amen. Say it with me. That ain't me. That's not us. Don't let the devil dumb you down. Don't let the devil dull you out. The spirit of this world is not designed to enlighten you. (laughs) The spirit of this world is designed to darken you, to dull you, and to dumb you way down. But that's not who you are. That's not how God sees you. And that is not how we should be living, thinking, or acting, or seeing ourselves. There is a way out, and there is a way up from being asleep. Amen? There is transformation and change that's available through the renewing of your mind. And it takes a commitment. The renewing of my mind, Pastor Tom, I've discovered, is a daily process. The presentation of my life to Jesus and to God is a daily decision. See, I could go all week long and watch TV and feed off the spirit of this world and the spirit of this age to where... I got to a point where I was full of the world. But we are not those that are to be filled with the word. We say Frede Basto. We are those that are filled with the spirit and filled with the word. And we have a purpose in our lives. The fuller you are, the better your life will be. The fuller you are of me, says the Lord, the better your marriage will be. The fuller you are of me, says the Lord, the better your finances shall be. So make the right choice. Even as Mary made the right choice to sit at my feet and to feed upon me and to feed upon my word. Choose you life, says the Lord. Choose you blessing, says the Lord. And in choosing, I will meet you there and I will bring you way up. I will enable you to see things you've never seen before. I will empower you to do things you've never done before, and I'll take you places you've never been before. Choose me daily. Feed upon my faithfulness. 
Rejoice, I say again unto you, rejoice, for the victory is yours, and you are mine, and I am yours. Let's lift our hands and praise Him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No longer asleep. Ne sabrevedeshte, but stirred up. Stirred up. Woken up. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 8. Notice this with me now. In uh, verse 6. Romans the 8th chapter. Verse 6. Okay. For to be carnally minded is what? It's death. To be carnally minded is death. That's not us. But... To be spiritually minded. Well, what do you mean to be spiritually minded? I mean, get your mind on the Word. Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they are what? Spirit and they are life. So for you and I to be spiritually minded, we must set our mind on that which is spiritual. And the Word of God is spiritual food to your heart. Hallelujah. To be spiritually minded is life, and it is peace. Notice verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. We don't want to be an enemy of God, do we? Neither indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh, notice this with me, those that are in the flesh cannot what? A person can be a Christian and be as carnal as an old hoot all. A person can be a Christian and be so fleshly that it displeases God. But you and I, I said you and I, we are a faith. Amen? And he will be pleased with our lives when we operate in faith. And he will reward you when you diligently seek him. Read verse 9. Come on, read it real strong with me. Come on. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you... He that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body by his spirit that lives in you. Glory to God. So let me say it one more time. We must, I must, daily, regularly, we must adjust our words, our thoughts, our actions to the kingdom that we've been translated into, or we'll just keep living in the dark. Kingdom words. Kingdom thoughts. Kingdom actions are, is what you and I are about. Bill Winston says this. He says this. 
We must get our minds renewed to the reality of the kingdom of God and who we are in that kingdom. And let's look at Colossians 1.13, the Amplified Version. This is the introduction to my message. Got another two hours? So are we don't. Colossians 1 verse 13. Amplified. They say that the Amplified Version is the women's Bible. I like it. Amen. Because it amplifies. How many of you know some of us men need some amplification? We need some explaining. Just ask Brenda. She'll tell you Pastor Mark needs some explaining. Well, let's explain this. <laughs> Amen. One thirteen. Let's read it together, shall we? Come on. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his Ooh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man, I wish I had time to go further today. But this is a good message. This is a good message. You're in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is in you. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Let's just wait on the Lord for a moment. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. In closing, quickly turn to John 17. John 17. Now, I'm going to be speaking all day long, so if you want to come back tonight... Uh, we're going to talk more, speak more along some of these uh, lines, I think. John chapter 17, verse 13 through 17. Of course, this is Jesus speaking. He says, now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Verse 14. He said, I've given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Say it with me, I am not of the world system. Now, verse 15, he says, I pray that you should, should have, I pray not that you should take them out of the world. How many of you know we're in the world for a purpose? We're in the world for a reason. Amen. God's got a plan on, on your life. Amen. And for your life. So I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. Or keep them from the evil that is in this world. Verse 16. He says, they are not of the world. Well, that's a good thing to know. We're not of this world. We're not of this world. Even as I am not of this world. So we are separated then from this world system just as Jesus was. Now notice verse 17. Verse 17, he says, sanctify them through thy truth or through thy word. Thy word is truth. Now, that word sanctify there means to separate or to cut away from. So we see then that through this prayer, we have been cut away from this world's failing system. Hallelujah. Oh, man, that makes me want to run. 
We're separated from this world's failing system. If the economy fails, we don't fail. If Wall Street goes down, we don't go down. If the Democrats botch it up, we're not botched up. If the Republicans botch it up, we ain't botched up. Because we are delivered from this world's failing system. Hallelujah. You see, there's a law that is in Christ Jesus. And this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, what has it done? It's made you free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. And I want to close with this statement. Faith-filled words, words of the kingdom, faith-filled words will dominate the laws of sin and death. If it looks like you're being dominated, it looks like things will never change, you just keep getting in the Word and get filled with the Word. You keep getting filled with the Holy Spirit, and out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth is going to speak, and those words that are fueled and filled with faith will go to work on your behalf, and it will dominate the laws of sin and death. Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.